Hello, boys. It is everybody's favorite member of the group, Brian, coming to you live from my basement with a solo pod this week. Josh and Sloan were too busy to do a pod, and I, I felt like it was wrong in week two of the year to already be going without a podcast. If we don't have a podcast in week two of the fantasy season, this podcast will die off. We can't have that. We've got too many loyal listeners that need a pod every week, and I'm here to give it to you. And man, it does not get more dramatic than this to to start off uh, the podcast. I am coming to you live from my basement, watching Thursday Night Football. It is third and goal as we speak for the 49ers inside their own five. This could be big, folks. Does Tommy get points for a Brock Purdy touchdown? Does Sloan get yet another Christian McCaffrey touchdown? Do I get a, a Debo Samuel touchdown? Let's see what happens here, folks. Snap. Oh, rolling out to his right. Ah, threw it into the ground, folks. Threw it into the ground. That's not what you love to see. Nobody gets points out of that. But anyway, back to what we were talking about. This is a solo pod. Josh talked about how difficult this is. I uh, apologize ahead of time for any mistakes that I make. Uh, but I hope I hope to keep you boys entertained for the next half hour. So coming to you live, uh, going to go through a week two review going to talk through uh you know the standings from week two um some of my thoughts some of the big changes from week one talk through the overall standings uh we'll do a team by team breakdown of of uh teams week two performances but also just a, a general idea of you know how their team has started this year we'll do a waivers review we'll do a little bit of talk of of about some nfl news that's come out in the last couple of days and then I'll give my playoff predictions at the end to wrap us up. So let's jump right into it. Big, big change in week two. Uh, we we went from one of the lowest scoring weeks our league has seen to one of the highest scoring weeks. Just to put it in perspective, in week one, the average output amongst the 10 teams was only 94.7 points from those groups and keep in mind that had some pretty a pretty serious outlier with uh josh putting up 150 points in week one sloan putting up 163 points in week one so those two really drab drag that average up you take those two out it, it was a pretty pitiful performance in week one from from a lot of the teams and i mean we heard it last week from from uh josh and sloan they uh they spent most of the time talking about how how there were four great teams in this league and there were there were six bad teams in this league. Uh, I think a lot of owners and a lot of teams took that took that personally going into week two, and it was a completely different script in week two. In week two, the the ten boys teams put up a hundred twenty nine point four points on average. So we're talking about uh, some quick math here, almost a thirty five point swing in the average. Um, and another kind of interesting fact, uh, every single team uh, outperformed last week's average. The closest to last week's average was our last place finisher, Angad, with 97 and a half. But even him, he even outscored last week's average. So uh, you got to feel if you're Angad like you got you got cheated this week. Uh, you know, you outperform the average from last week and you get last. That's that's a really tough pill to swallow. There's a lot of other teams, I mean, here, you know, towards the bottom of the standings in week two that, uh, you know, had it been one week earlier, would have gotten a hell of a lot more table points as a result. So uh, this is, you know, 
definitely one of the biggest shifts that I remember since since starting this league from one week to the next. So and it kind of creates a little bit of uncertainty heading into week three. You know, which which one of these two uh, weeks uh, should we expect going forward? Should we expect these, you know, 140, 150 point outputs from teams or should we expect uh, teams to be in the, the 80s, 90s and low hundreds? So a uh, little bit of an interesting, interesting week to see to see where we shake out. A quick review for those of you that don't remember uh, in terms of how, how the table points broke out this week. Uh, in week two, Sloan took home uh, the, the grand prize with 10 points, followed by Josh, Matt, and myself rounding out the top four. Uh, Tommy, Austin, Dylan, and Mike uh, all hovering towards the middle there, and then Colin and Angad bringing up the rear. Through two weeks, this creates a, a you know the the following table order. So uh, going from top to bottom, Sloan has twenty points, Josh has eighteen points, Tommy has thirteen, Dylan has twelve, I have eleven, Austin has eleven, Matt has nine, Mike has eight, Colin and Angad both at four. Some uh, pretty rough weeks from Colin Anga to start off. Uh, not good to, to be two weeks into the season and already be uh, four points behind the eighth place team at this point. So they're definitely going to be looking for some bounce backs, um, you know, these these upcoming couple weeks. I know Colin has already been out on the trade market looking looking for veterans. Uh, he's He is wanting to make sure that he, he avoids Waffle House, even though, according to his team name, he loves waffles. Big play here on Thursday night. Sorry. Oh, flag. Let's see. Giants drive is getting extended here, potentially. Let's see what happens. Ah, it's not going to be quick one. I'll, I'll let you guys know what, what comes of that. But anyway, uh, let's do kind of a quick team-by-team -team breakdown here. Um, kind of contrary to uh, what we saw last week, I'm, I'm going to do my best here to uh, give you a rundown of each and every team, uh, not just the top four. So, um, we will we will go from uh, top to bottom though. So in week two, Sloan put it, putting up 150 points. Uh, he gets carried by by a huge huge garbage time performance from Kirk Cousins. Uh, Cousins and the Vikings offense was was looking a little lost early in Thursday night football last week, but they uh, they turned it around. He Kirk Cousins put up four touchdowns for him. That was huge. He got his his uh, token touchdown from Christian McCaffrey to make sure that McCaffrey gave him a, a solid week. It's gotten to the point now where the sleeper uh, projections for McCaffrey essentially include at least one touchdown, uh, if not two. Um, he caught a good break uh, going forward with uh, the David Montgomery injury. Jameer Gibbs should be an instant start, an instant RB1 for him for a couple weeks here. Um Pretty pretty light week from Tyreek Hill, uh, and honestly, you know, I can say Matt and I were texting all throughout uh, Sunday Night Football last week, uh, praying that you know his son's combination of Tyreek Hill, Ramondre Stevenson, and Raheem Mostert uh, would underperform at least enough uh, to allow Matt and I to sneak past Sloan. At that point, believe it or not, we actually had a chance uh, and had for most of the Sunday Night Football game had a higher projected uh, finishing score than Sloan did, uh, and. Oh, it was it was a heartbreaker all night. Uh, all three of Sloan's guys were underperforming. Most got an early touchdown, but you know it was for the most part it was a, a very reasonable score. Especially Tyreek Hill, he was not taking the top off the defense. Uh, and Matt and I were going back and forth, feeling really really good about ourselves. 
Um, I went to bed with about nine minutes left in the uh, in the game. Woke up the next morning to see that not only had Tyreek Hill scored a touchdown, but uh, Ramondre Stevenson had scored a touchdown, and he Mostert had got another touchdown. Uh, so all of a sudden, Sloan was was well past our reach uh, coming in first place. So, um, and and I mean, if I'm Sloan, I'm, I'm I I think his his message in the group was was accurate. He has definitely uh, gotten some luck on his side uh, so far this year. You don't expect a 25 point output put from Raheem Mostert. Uh, you definitely don't expect to combine 50 points from Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. But at the same time, I mean, if you're him, you feel like there's some upside. Jameer Gibbs, like I said, has has a path to more targets. Uh, Brandon Ayuk looks like he avoided a serious injury, even though he is out tonight. Um, and and Sloan's, uh, you know, Sloan's got some some star players that underperformed. He has no depth. I don't know who he's going to go to uh, come by week. You know, you got to hope Josh Reynolds continues to put up put up big numbers on his bench. You know, maybe he turns to Gabe Davis, but it, it's bleak down there. But his his starting lineup is pretty strong. So uh, moving on here, we have Josh up next. Josh puts up 148 points, coming in a little bit shy of Sloan. Uh, Jalen Hurts has just turned into to, to one of the most consistent quarterbacks in fantasy. Um, honestly, kind of a late week from Josh's, uh, you know, quote-unquote star players. Stephon Diggs only putting up 10. Travis Kelsey only putting up 10. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas, both in single digits, Calvin Ridley in single digits. Uh, you would think, you know, when, if if you told me that going into the week, you uh, probably would have been able to convince me that Josh was going to finish in the in the five to eight range. Uh, you just can't have performances like that. But um, Hertz, you know, gives you his normal performance. Gino overperforms. Zach Moss has a fantastic week for the Colts. Um, he looks like a really nice piece for Josh, at least for the short term. Uh, Bijan has his first kind of uh, breakout week, I would say. And then TJ Hawkinson with two touchdowns on Thursday Night Football. That's a hell of a way to start the week. So, uh, you know, it was well covered last week, but um, Josh's injuries are, are definitely uh, uh, capping his ceiling right now. But uh, his t- he's he's continuing to get big performances from, uh, from people you wouldn't expect. So um, he maintains his spot towards the top there. You got to wonder if, uh, you know, you got to think Puka Nakua is in his starting lineup this next week after after back-to-back huge performances. Um, you got to hope, too, you know, if I'm Josh, I got to be hoping that that Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler come back. I don't think you want to bank on another uh, Zach Moss 19-point performance. Um, you also might, you know, be looking to get a DeAndre Hopkins out of your slot. Uh, you know, not exactly the fastest start to the season for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and, and in an offense that's just continuing to run the ball even more. So uh, lots of options, uh, you know, that, that Josh can turn to. So you got to feel good about him continuing to finish towards the top. Matt surprised everybody with a huge week, week uh, jumping all the way up to third uh, in the week two rankings. Um, he uh, was definitely carried by his quarterbacks. It was looking really, really rough for Daniel Jones and the Giants uh, through that first half. Going behind, I think twenty-eight to seven at one point, um, but Daniel Jones just absolutely carried the team back in the second half. Got got Matt a thirty-one point performance. That is absolute masterclass, and then just very consistent performances from from some of his uh, 
you know, some of his his key contributors, contributors getting 13 from Mark Andrews, getting a, a nice solid eight from Isaiah Pacheco, getting 18 from Ken Walker, got 12 from Montgomery, just lots of lots of consistency. Kind of makes you wonder uh, what kind of score Matt could have put up if A.J. Brown had had a normal performance. Um, George Pickens showed out. He feels that feels like a really good acquisition for Matt. He feels like he's uh, his his uh, arrow is pointed straight up. Um, that was a good deal, probably for both sides in the offseason with, um, uh, I believe it was what Amari Cooper. Yeah, it was Amari Cooper, a second round pick going back to Josh. So Josh's got to like having that option, but man, Pickens is looking pretty good. Um, yeah, heading into, into the next week for Matt, uh, probably main concern coming from, uh, from David Montgomery. Um, he's probably going to be out. So going to have, Matt's going to have to shift some things around, but Matt does have some good running back depth with, with Pacheco and, and, uh, uh, cook, uh, getting some, some pretty good run in Buffalo as well. So, um, definitely a good bounce back week from Matt, uh, switching gears to my team, uh, my team, um, I was, I was happy with, although I, I feel like I still got some, uh, pretty serious underperformances from some of my best players. Joe Burrow still has not looked right. Um, I'm definitely concerned that this is going to become a year long thing for him with this lingering calf issue he has going on. Uh, I'm really hoping he can bounce back and, and, uh, you know, uh, get back to the level that I'm, you know, we're all used to him playing at, uh, Brees Hall and all the Jets running back seriously underperformed. Brees Hall only got 0.9 points, uh, last week. My running back room is a disaster, guys. There's, uh, it is, it is looking bleak. I got very lucky that Matt Breida scored a touchdown here on Thursday Night Football. Otherwise, uh, that could have been a pretty terrible performance. But um, outside of, uh, you know, outside of those guys, uh, just very, uh, very consistent average performances from from Justin Herbert, uh, Devonte Adams, Devonta Smith. Uh, Debo Samuel all outperforming their projections. Uh, those were some nice, uh, nice games. And then obviously the big one being T Higgins. T Higgins was again held, held uh, catchless for the first like quarter and a half of, of their game. And I was, I was uh, uh, scared of yet another uh, zero from T Higgins in the first two weeks that I've had him on my team, but he bounced back big time with two touchdowns. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my, a uh, big focus going forward is is the health of Joe Burrow and and that running back room. I need Brees Hall to to be, you know, an uh, a consistent RB one or RB two, and then it's you know probably the rest of the year it's going to be a, a patchwork job at that RB two spot. Uh, you know, Khalil Herbert's been fine for the first two weeks, but it feels like Roshan Johnson's going to start taking over that backfield in the near future. Um, out, you know, outside of that, I'm pretty much hoping for a Christian McCaffrey injury so that Elijah Mitchell, uh, you know, becomes relevant again. That's probably one of the worst trades that I've made in, in uh, those years was getting Elijah Mitchell from Mike. Um, yeah, outside of that, uh, going to be relying on my waiver wire pickups as well that I'll talk about later later in the pod. Uh, up next, Tom. Uh, Tom puts up 141 points. Honestly, really got robbed at the end. He, he was almost a shoe in to finish top two, uh, but Nick Chubb gets the just truly devastating injury um, or, you know, early enough in the game that he only put up 6.4 points for Tommy. So uh, Tommy all of a sudden uh, drops back uh, to fifth in the rankings when, when he probably should have been top two or top three. Um, you know, I think it's, it's been a, it's been a weird start to the season for Tommy. I, Justin Fields was somebody that I think we all felt was, 
was uh, going to be a superstar uh, this year, especially in fantasy. And and he just looks lost out there. Just lots of, you know, lots of videos of him missing wide open receivers. He looks, uh, you know, like he's uncomfortable in the pocket. Um, you know, Nick Chubb now out for the year. And honestly, I mean, man, like I, I, I think I would put my money on Chubb never being a number one running back again. Like it's, you know, he's out at least a year, you got to think. And then, you know, what do you come, what do you look like when you come back, especially somebody like him who's, um, who uses so much power uh, in his running game? Like, is he going to still have that power in his lower half? Uh, you know, who knows what happens with the Cleveland backfield this year, but if they find somebody that's, that's complimenting him, that probably eats into his carries next year. Uh, Jamar Chase and the whole Bengals offense has had a terrible start, although you got to feel like that's going to bounce back. Um, he had great performances from Keenan Allen and Mike Evans. This is exactly what, you know, Josh and Sloan were talking about last week with, uh, you know, just, you know, Tommy's, Tommy's one of those teams that he just has, he has consistent veterans that put up points. He doesn't have to worry about them, uh, you know, them underperforming or them not being involved in the off- offense. Mike Evans and Keenan Allen are always going to be focal points on their team. So uh, nice week from Tom, although there's definitely some red flags popping up. Um, I think one of the brightest spots on his team is Kyron Williams. Uh Tommy drafted Kyron Williams uh, in the uh, with the last pick of the third round in 2022, and all of a sudden uh, he's got himself an RB one on his hands. So, um, you know, that's uh, for anybody that says third and fourth round picks don't have value. Here's a perfect example: uh, Cam Akers gets dealt to to Minnesota earlier this week, um, and now all of a sudden Kyron Williams is is probably a locked and loaded starter uh, the rest of the year. If I were Tommy. He's got good bench depth too. Um, you got to feel like he can bounce back, but uh, that Chubb injury is definitely going to hurt. Moving on to Austin here. Uh, Austin also somebody that has has had a very weird year so far, uh, dealing with the Jonathan Taylor stuff. Um, he's also now down Saquon for this week, so it might be might be a little bit of a a drop off for Austin this week uh, without his top two star running backs, but. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with how his team performed. I mean, uh, he just got very consistent, uh, you know, even killed performances from a lot of his players and allowed him to be, to be consistent. Austin's been savvy with his, his waiver wire pickups and, and how he's used his bench. I like, you know, him, ha- him getting uh Tutu Atwell and Gus Edwards and, you know, really uh, doing what he had to do to solidify his bench, I think is impressive. Um, he's He was somebody that coming into the year, you know, we didn't know uh, what his QB room would look like. You know, last year, we, I think there was a week where he start, could only start one quarterback. Uh, Wilson as a starter for the rest of the year. Bryce Young as a starter for the rest of the year. Um yeah, I guess I shouldn't get ahead of myself with Zach Wilson with how bad he looked against the Cowboys. Maybe maybe he won't be a starter, but at least for the short term. And then uh, Taysom Hill is a nice little option uh, to plug into trouble. Um, and now all of a sudden, you know, too, he, uh, you know, a, a team that maybe didn't have as much depth um, got a little bit deeper with the, the Nick Chubb injury. Um, he's got Jerome Ford. Uh, somebody that that you'd like to think you can start as a flex player going forward. So um, there's uh, he's going to have to get Saquon back healthy. He's going to have to hope that something happens with JT, either that JT comes back to play for the Colts or or gets dealt uh, somewhere that that, um, you know, where he can be used well. Uh, But but there's, um, you know, it's it's been an okay start for Austin, honestly, probably a little bit better than I expected. 
Moving over to Dylan, uh, probably one of the biggest underperformers of the week, especially after his week one uh, performance. He's, he still put up 122 points this week, so not not terrible by any means. But, um, you know, he uh, – Deshaun Watson, I'm – you know, if I'm Dylan, I, I feel a little nervous about Deshaun Watson. Like, he – all year last year and so far this year, he's not looked terrible. I don't – you know, he's not getting benched, but he just doesn't feel like he's a league winner for Dylan this year. Um, the Tony Pollard, uh, you know, Tony having Tony Pollard in that running back room is just awesome. Like, that's a that's a great, great option for Dylan to play each week. Uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously, that's an easy, uh, easy 15 to 20 points a week. He's another one where the sleeper projections almost just assume that he's going to get a touchdown uh, at some point in the game. And then. Uh, kind of the, the drama of the early week, for some reason, uh, Dylan opts to not start uh, DeAndre Swift. Um, DeAndre Swift puts up uh, 25 and a half points, um, you know, but he, he kind of lands on his feet by having uh, having Jordan Addison in the game. Um, you know, Jordan Addison kind of gets, you know, he only gets five targets the whole, whole game, only catches three of them, but one of them is touchdown. That's all that matters. So uh, another person, you know, that I uh, – you know, if I'm Dylan, I'm feeling really nervous about is Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has had a really, really rough uh, start to the year. Just does not feel like he is on the same page with with Desmond Ritter at this point. Um, and I, you know, if I'm if I'm Dylan, I mean, I used a I used a top five uh, or sorry a, 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 a top five round draft pick in our startup draft on Kyle Pitts, and now he's uh, you know he's he's he only got five targets the whole game, two catches, 15 yards. That's, uh, that's pretty rough. So, um, you really got to hope that, that he develops a chemistry with, with Desmond Ritter and, and becomes, um, you know, a, a top player like he was in his, his rookie year. Uh, Dylan, again, you know, still sitting in a pretty good spot, in my opinion. He's got good depth. Uh, I think the biggest problem for him is just you got to pick the right players to play. He doesn't necessarily have top end talent outside of, uh, probably Josh Allen, Josh Jacobs, and Justin Jefferson. Uh, you know, outside of that, I think I can make an argument for probably 10 players on his team, 10 to 12 players on his team to get the starting nod in any given week. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if he picks the right players, he will absolutely be in the playoffs this year. Uh, moving on here to Mike. Uh, Mike is somebody I would say um, I probably expected a little bit more out of uh, so far this year. Um, I thought, uh, you know, I – my the my biggest uh, thing about Mike's team that I that I have a lot of respect for is I just feel like he's got a ton of players that have such a high ceiling week to week. Like you just you feel really confident that Pat Mahomes is going to get you is going to get you twenty points. You feel really confident Trevor Lawrence is gonna is gonna perform. You feel confident that uh, guys like Jalen Waddle and Garrett Wilson are are always going to produce. You feel like Tua is going to produce. Um, Problem for Mike though is just that he hasn't gotten uh, those top end performances yet from from those kind of boomer bust players. Uh, Najee's, you know, Najee and Jalen Warren are are now in a backfield, you know, uh, split. Um, Warren got six carries and, and six targets, and uh, Najee got ten carries and three targets. So, um, you know, you almost you, you almost can't start uh, either of them, but you also kind of can't bench either of them. So a weird position definitely for Mike. Um, Nico Collins looks like he's broken out. Uh, he looks like a wide receiver one in Houston. Um, now, 
granted, he was uh, playing the Colts secondary, so take it with a grain of salt. But he had a fantastic week. Uh, other than that, I think I think Mike is kind of in a similar position to Dylan, just with worse players. Uh, but Mike has to has to pick the boom candidates every week. It's uh, he has a he has a handful of players that that you feel you know could be quality starters, but uh, you know he's got to pick the right ones. Tough that you know he starts Sky Moore in Week One. Um, gets 0.4 points from him, benches a, benches him honestly, obviously in week two, and then gets 14 and a half from him. Um, another player I'm intrigued with on his team is Jamison Williams. Uh, kind of makes you wonder, you know, like what what you're getting from him when he gets back. So, uh, moving on here, move over to Colin's team. Colin had a huge performance from Russell Wilson, but unfortunately it was kind of balanced out by a very subpar performance from Derek Carr. Uh, he also, it also feels like he's got an RB one and, and Brian Robinson and, and Washington. He looks like a stud uh, guys just can't seem to get him to the ground. Um, he had a huge performance in that game in in, in uh, Denver. Stevie did his thing. Uh, but outside of that, like it, it is just a little bleak uh, from from time to time um, for for Colin. So, for example, this week Colin's three flexes were Samaje P. Ryan, uh, who was a backup to Colin's other starter, uh, Javante Williams, uh, Jamal Williams, who left the game uh, with an injury, only got two point nine points, and then Tyler Algier, who you feel like every single week is just going to get less and less touches as Bijan takes over more of that backfield. Other part two, um, you know, Kenny Pickett, like, feels like, you know, this is a make or break year for him. Um, he's got to prove that he's a he's an NFL starting quarterback. And and through two games, it just hasn't hasn't necessarily been there. Uh, it's kind of more of the same from last year where he's not terrible, but uh, you just there it just leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, Colin's team, you know, again, I think he's just really got to find those three flexes uh, that he can rely on. Uh, week to week, um, because trotting out some AJP Ryan and Tyler Algier is probably not something that's going to last uh, a full season for him. So it'll be interesting to see what he does going forward. And then finally, uh, wrapping up with Angit's team here, um, I'll honestly say, you know, Mac Jones underperformed a little bit this week, you know, only getting 13, 13 and a half points. But uh, I, I, I could have seen a world where he was, he was going to be benched by week four, week five of this year, um, just with, with Bill Belichick and, and New England, you know, it not seeming like he likes Mac Jones that much, but uh, Mac hasn't been great, but um, he's held his own. I, I feel like that's good. Ongit's got to feel really, really happy with Jordan Love. Jordan Love looks like uh, a pretty good starting quarterback in the NFL. He's also got to feel pretty good about Rashad White. Uh, Rashad White had a had a pretty good performance this week, putting up uh, almost 19 points. But again, similar to Colin, um, it's just tough. Uh, you know, when you're he got four points from Joshua Kelly, he got four points from Jerry Judy, he got three and a half points from Alexander Madison, he got four points from Romeo Dots, he got five points from Dallas Goddard. Um, you know, a lot of those guys, like I mean, you know, savvy pickups from from uh, Angad and and you know I'm. I, I probably would have started a handful of those guys too, especially with with the situations in, in LA and you know Eckler being out. Uh, Alexander Madison feels like he's kind of squandered his chance to be an RB one uh, with some pretty weak performances uh, with Dal Dalvin Cook gone. Um, he's you know Ong is also getting hampered by the 
their poor performance from the Bengals offense with only 11 and a half from Joe Mixon. Um, you know, tough to have Dak on the bench when he puts up 20, but, uh, you know, I, I get it playing the Jets defense. Um, not always the, you know, not, it's always tough to decide, you know, do I play a, a quarterback like Dak against a good defense? Um, again, just, you know, similar to, to some of these other teams we've talked about, like, um, I just worry for Angit's depth. You know, what happens as we get through through uh, bye weeks here? Um, I think he's going to have to continue to, to uh, be savvy on the waiver wire uh, and see what see what he can pick up. He's had a good start to the season on the waiver wire, though. Um, so that wraps up uh, kind of our team-by-team breakdown here. Uh, we'll move through to our waivers review. We'll see if I can get it in before my phone dies. Um, so the big waiver round of the week uh, came – uh, back on what I think it would have been Tuesday. Uh, I went all out for running backs, boys. That's all I can say. Uh, like I mentioned, I feel uh, very uneasy about my running back situation. Um, I do not know other than Brees Hall who I'm going to be starting on a week-to-week basis. So I just decided to go out there and, and spend big on as many running backs in, in situations where I feel like they could develop into starting, starting caliber players. So uh, Pierre Strong, in Cleveland, hoping he can turn out to be uh, somebody that can be relied upon. Get Matt Breida uh, in New York, start him tonight. Um, you know, glad he at least picked up a touchdown, but I don't think he's going to do too much more than that, um, especially as, as the game seems to be getting a little out of hand here for the Giants. Uh, Dylan with a nice nice little pickup of, of Tony Jones. Um, he's probably got another week. You know, this would kind of be one of those where, like, you know, if – if I'm Dylan, you probably got to start Tony Jones this week if you're going to start him ever. Uh, after this week, he's probably irrelevant again. But uh, you might get one good week out of him. Uh, Mike with a nice nice pickup of Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz has had a had a pretty decent start to the season for a tight end for tight ends. Uh, I speaking as the guy that that has Trey McBride on his team, I'm pissed that Zach Ertz is still as involved in this offense as he is. Uh, it makes me concerned for what Trey McBride is going forward. Uh, and then, you know, wrapping it up with uh, me picking up Latavius Murray with a $1 bid over Matt. Suck it, Matt. Uh, you know, just as kind of a goal line, you know, hopefully I never am in a spot where I'm having to start Latavius Murray. Um, for those of you wondering, I did uh, I did offer Latavius Murray to Matt for 150 fab, and he turned that down. Um, moving on, I believe uh, the only other waiver wire pickup of the week was uh, Mike earlier today uh, picking up up Royce Freeman um, and dropping Ty Chandler, you know, just uh, shifting from from what's now a more crowded running back room in Minnesota to a less crowded running back room in, in L.A. Um, again, I think Mike would would tell you that uh, he hopes he never has to start Royce Freeman, but you never know. So uh, moving on from that, uh, we've talked about the Nick Chubb injury. That was one of the things I wanted to hit on. Uh, we've also hit on the the Cam Akers uh, trade. That's a, a huge win for Tommy, uh, getting Kyron Williams uh, into the running back one conversation. Um, but uh, probably tough break for for Mike. I think uh, Mike probably regrets having uh, Cam Akers on his team. The the past three people that have had Cam Akers on their team have been uh, itching to get rid of them, get rid of him. So, um yeah, we will go ahead and wrap things up here. Uh, thanks for bearing with me. I'm going to leave you all with my playoff predictions uh, and why why I think uh, 
it's going to break this way. Um, I've got three obvious choices and then one a uh, little bit of a surprise. So uh, my three obvious choices, and this is the order in which I expect them to, to finish. I'm expecting Josh to finish first, Sloan to finish second, and Dylan to finish third. Um, I do agree that that both from, you know, for Josh and Sloan, the top end talent, I expect to carry them as long as they don't, uh, you know, continue to get get hampered by injuries. And Dylan, uh, I just think everything Dylan touches turns to gold. So un- undoubtedly he will uh, start all the right players every week. Um, or when he doesn't start the right players, even the wrong players will outscore most of the rest of our teams. Um, and then finally, in my fourth playoff spot, I actually have Austin's team. I think that there is uh, this is this is a little bit of a hot take. I think, uh, especially with Austin, you know, finishing second to last last year. But uh, I think if he can, you know, uh, avoid a serious injury from Saquon here, um, if he can get JT back back into a team, you know, back into a situation where he can produce. Um, he's got quarterbacks. He's, you know, he's not going to be in a situation he was in last year with quarterbacks. He's got, uh, you know, he'll be able to start Saquon. He's got Gus Edwards, um, you know, with Justice Hill injured now too. Gus Gus Edwards definitely feels like a starting caliber running back. Chris Olave and DK Metcalf are definitely, uh, you can do a lot worse than those two as your top two wide receivers. Uh, He's got Terry McLaurin. I think Tutu Atwell is somebody that, that could be relevant. Um, even after Cooper Cup uh, potentially returns, although you know, you never know. I mean, Cooper Cup's had had a ton of injuries. He could either uh, continue to be injured or uh, you know not not be able to come back from this one. Um, oh, boys! I am watching uh, Thursday Night Football here, and Devo just got you know a, a pretty awesome fifteen to twenty yard gain and has not gotten up. So uh, that sucks. Got his helmet off, all the trainers out on the field surrounding him. That is a terrible way to end this pod. This is this is terrible karma, boys. I, I stay up late on a work night to give you guys a pod. And what do I get? I get a what looks like a serious Debo Samuel injury. This sucks. But anyway, I will push through. He's got uh, a nice 11-day break here to to move past this. Uh, hopefully hopefully nothing too major, but uh, he's still down for those of you that aren't watching. So, man, my life just keeps getting better. So, anyway, back to Austin's team. Um, I do feel like he has has some upside. It's risky. I, I mean, he could very easily finish in the bottom two or bottom three of the league if things don't break his way. But um, I, I, I feel like things have, have broken okay for him so far, especially after uh, – you know, when that uh, uh, when that JT news started to break, like it felt like his season uh, might be over before it started. But um, he's rebounded. I, I think Jerome Ford has a potential to be a good play for the rest of the season. Jacoby Myers had a good good week one before getting injured. Uh, there's potential for him to sneak in, I think. Uh, I think I think there's going to be a lot of competition for that fourth playoff spot. I think Tommy's going to be really hurt by uh, not you know, not having that consistent presence of Nick Chubb. And then, uh, you know, I, I think there's a chance that, that somebody could unseat him. So uh, my, if my playoff predictions came true, we would have a new, a new champion for the first time in the boys. Um, but yeah, I will, I will leave you guys with that. Uh, please keep Debo in your prayers. I might have to quit the league if he's seriously injured. That was terrible. Um, but anyway, I, I will leave you guys on that, on that sour note. Um this has been uh, a solo pod from Brian. Hope hope you guys stuck it out. 
Um, hope it wasn't too boring. I uh, wanted to make sure I got got a little insight on everybody's teams this week. So um, with that, I will I will talk to you all later. Have a great, great football weekend. See you guys.